In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here, and I've got an amazing guest, a fantastic guy. I've met him a few years ago and followed him, and such an incredible guy, an incredible thought leader, speaker. Um, and when I use that term thought leader, I don't throw it around gen- like easily because I think it's one of those terms that's overused, but he really is one. Um, besides that, he is <laughs> he studied quantum physics. Um, this is his second business he's been in for 34 years, was in the beauty business. Before that, he or after, maybe in the middle, at one point he fell on his head. How Dove, how far did you fall and fell on your head? Hundred and twenty feet, twelve stories while free climbing. Oh my gosh. Dove Baron. Thank my you. drug of choice was adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> Dove Baron. Thank you for being on the show. I want to mention one other thing. It's Inc. 100, uh, Inc.'s top 100 leadership speakers and number one leadership podcast. I mean, that's that's a full life you've got there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on. I, I'm excited for a guest because I'm sure this is going to be full of such good information. So, Dove, tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now because you have a couple big things coming out. You're you're really lead people in leadership, but tell us what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, um, I do a lot of great work in leadership, particularly focused around purpose, helping people to build purpose-driven organizations. And that starts with creating purpose-driven leaders. So purpose-driven leaders, purpose-driven teams, creating purpose-driven organizations and based in a purpose-driven culture. And uh, I was doing a lot of this work. I do it with private CEO groups and I do it with companies. And somebody said, well, why don't you do it for the public? And I'm like, you know, I used to have a public seminar company for 20 years and I don't want to go back into that world. And they go, well, why don't you do an online program? And Tony was actually, our friend uh, Tony G was part of that discussion. I went, okay, let's put it together. So we put that together, and and now we were in the second version of the pilot of that show that will start October 13th, 2018. And it it really is, you know, you you and I talked about earlier, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, great book. I recommend that you read it. But when you've read it, there's a good chance, even if you get to your why, you won't be at what we call the why of your why, which is actually your true purpose. See, people have what I call primary drivers, psychological primary drivers that have actually been driving your life, your entire life, unconsciously. Now, remember, it's unconsciously, you're not conscious of it. But when you do this course, it brings that to the surface. When it gets to the surface, it's like, oh, my God, now I know why I do what I do. And now I know the decisions I have to make so that I'm aligned with this purpose in everything that I do. So it's very exciting stuff. That is exciting. And it's hypercritical because a lot of people work really hard 
and put their head down and work really hard and get to, and then get to a place and, and then they pop their head up and they're like, well, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, you are, you're so right. And the, um, you know, Tony and I were having a discussions at once and I said, you know, um, and I say this all the time, the people who I work with privately, who are my private one-on-one clients, they are people that other people look at and go, I want to be you when I grow up. They are super successful. You know, they, they bought the fabulous car, you know, uh, they live in a fabulous house in a great neighborhood. They bought the wife a new set of tits. They bought themselves a new Rolex, <laughs> whatever it is, right? And it's like, why is this not doing it for me anymore? Why is it something's missing? And it's when they get to that place that they usually come to me. And, it's, and it, the sad thing is that they wait they mm-hmm. wait until they're so down. And this is, you know, I did a whole video on why, why celebrities commit suicide. And part of it is this thing, is that I've got it all and I've got nothing. I'm deeply lonely and deeply disconnected. And those people, we look at them and we think they've got it all. But, but I know because of the work that I do for the last 30 odd years is that when you get in touch with that part of you, you don't just get success, you get significance and you go from success to significance and onto fulfillment so that you can create a real legacy. That's powerful. That's delicious. And, and yeah, the idea of legacy, we've talked, we talked about it when I first met you and I think it's a powerful idea. Um, and I want to talk about that, but I, I want to talk because I think this is important and people at this point are like, well, Dove sounds great. Why is he on the marketing show? But I think that this idea of, of finding your purpose is critical to your marketing and and how you run your business and the people you attract in your business and what you do and being successful in your marketing. Plus towards the end, I, I do want to talk about how you've become so successful with your podcast and how you've become, you know, all these accolades and done it. But mm-hmm. first I want to talk about that idea of leadership and purpose driven and, and how it affects your business because you're talking about affecting your life. Yes. And there's some people like, yeah, and I think that there's some people that affects their life and there's people that are just can put their head down and drive past it. Um, and there's some people that can't, but it affects your business too, right? Hugely, hugely. So here's the thing, you know, as you know, uh, I wrote a book, um, a couple of years ago called fiercely loyal and it talked about how to lead millennials and people were like, well, who gives a shit about millennials? Well, you know what? Here's what you need to know. Millennials are now 38 years old. They're not <laughs> kids. These are people in leadership positions. And what you need to know about millennials is top of their list is meaningful work. If you want to keep millennials loyal to you, they have to have meaningful work. What does meaningful work mean? It means it has a purpose beyond the money. Now, Let's just transfer that for a moment and take it out of being your team or your employees or whatever it is and turn it to your customers. Your customers want to buy from, do the research, they want to buy from companies that they feel a values alignment with. What does that mean? It means an alignment of purpose. The reason that some of these top companies are doing so well is because of exactly that. They're aligned at a purpose level. So here's the thing. When you're making videos and you're writing blogs and you're doing your advertising, if if you don't think about focus on purpose, what is our purpose? What drives us? Why are we driven this way? And if you don't translate that, you are just noise in the marketplace. 
I do. I work with with some of my clients on the psychology of purpose in marketing, and when you translate that across, people will you will create not marketing, not customers, not even employees. What you create is a movement, and that's what you want. People who are rushing towards you because they're aligned with the movement. And in today's political climate, that is stronger than ever because we're fractionalized, because we're tribal, human beings are tribal. We're looking for our tribe, and yet we have to associate a meaning to the tribe. And the interesting thing about today, psychologically, is that we're actually willing to look over a lot of things that are not right because we want to belong to a tribe. We're so desperate. So if you're a company that hasn't found your alignment of your purpose, there's no reason for people to be magnetized to that tribe. So stop creating a business. Start creating a movement. You need your videos for that. You need your podcasts for that. You need your, your, need your blogs for that. You need purpose at the core of it. But don't come up with some bullshit mission statement and think that that's a purpose because it's not. And here's the cool thing I love about millennials. Millennials have a bullshit meter a thousand miles wide, and they will read through you so fast if you just make shit up as opposed to digging deep within yourself to find your purpose. When you do that, they will align with you all day long. I, that's amazing. And it, it's it's so true. You know, in, in our agency, I named it Authentic Web Marketing because it's the authenticity. Everyone's authenticity. They have it. And they have to find it, and and they'll align with the people and attract the people that they want to work with, and enjoy the business that much more. And it's easier to create that content. But people are—do you find that people are afraid of this purpose? Is that part of the thing holding them back? Very great. That is a great question. Yes, thank you for asking it. People are terrified to look at purpose. Now, let me tell you why. Two things. Back to the title of your of your business, authentic. If you go, you and I walk around and ask people, are you authentic? 100% will say yes, <laughs> because they don't know they're inauthentic. They're authentically inauthentic, <laughs> because authenticity takes a level of self-awareness. And most people are shitting themselves about looking in the mirror and actually being honest with themselves about when they're being a douchebag or whether, you know. And by the way, I am not judging you. We've all been douchebags. We've all done shitty things. We've all said things that are terrible. We've all done things that are terrible. But being willing to look at that, to have the self-knowledge, to have the self-awareness, to change it is what transforms things. But we all want to hold this image. We all think we live on Facebook. We don't. You only put the best stuff on Facebook. The fact that your wife drives you mad and you want to throw it out of the window or she wants to throw you out of the window or your kid woke you up at three in the morning and you want to throw the kid out of the window, you don't put that up there. You go, oh, I'm a little tired today. I had a bit of a restless night. You know, you put the nice <laughs> stuff up. But we've got to look, be willing to look at the depth. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give you right off the bat. I'm going to give it to you as you listen to this right now. If you are going, oh, I'm not sure about purpose and it sounds like a great idea or maybe I should reach out to Dove. Maybe I should work with Dove and have Purpose Driven organization. I want you to know, don't bother if you're not going to roll up your sleeves. Really, don't bother. And I'll tell you why. Because you think your purpose is found in your passion. You go, well, I'm really passionate about, about this. I'm really passionate about the law. Or I'm really passionate about marketing. Or I'm really passionate about online, whatever it is. Your purpose will never be found in your passion. In the words of Joseph Campbell, the treasure you seek 
can only be found in the cave you're afraid to go into. Your purpose is found in your pain, not in your passion. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And it's true because it, it, I agree with so much of that. And it's, it's been one of those things I've been seeing and everyone's like, follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. But who cares? It, 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 I, you don't see the people succeeding that are quote unquote following their passion. Right. It's, it's, well, let's, let's just give it to you simply because I mean, I get that right. You know, in the, in the nineties, it was all about passion. We wanted, you know, follow your passion. There was what color is your parachute? You know, the passion test, there was all these great things. They were wonderful, but they, they don't have the depth. How do I know? I don't, I know, but I'm going to ask because we're on a, we're on a show. Are you a heterosexual male? Yes. Right. Do you remember what you were passionate about between the ages of 14 and 19? Yes. What was the, the thing that you were passionate about all the time was always in your head? Women. Girls. Right. <laughs> exactly. That was your passion, right? Yeah. Now here's my question to you. Just to be really direct for people, politically incorrect is my middle name. Are you in the business of gynecology? Uh not, 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 I'm amateur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you never took it up as a career. Never took it up as a career. So if you are supposed to follow your passion, every straight male would be in the business of gynecology <laughs> or at least breast exams, right? We, but we don't do that because passion is transitory. And, and a lot of the times, particularly with entrepreneurs, we look at ourselves and we go, you know, I'm a flake. I can't, I can't, I can't keep with something and I change directions. No, no, no. That vehicle, the passion is a vehicle that transports your purpose. When the vehicle runs out of fuel, you change vehicles. Passion is transitory. It's a vehicle for your purpose. But if you make the vehicle into your purpose, it will run out of fuel and you'll go, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You are already whole. You're already magnificent. And when you tap into your purpose, you can transfer, transfer that to any vehicle and be in total alignment. That's fantastic advice. So let's talk a little bit about that. Because, okay, I'm a small business owner. And we have small business owners. We have guys, you know, even like Tony size, right? That, that um, don't have, they're like, well, I'm so busy doing marketing. I'm so busy writing this. I, I barely have time to spend time with my family. I don't have time to yeah. to go find this purpose. Dub, I don't have time to go spend a day with you. I'm busy doing yeah. real work. How? I, <laughs> <laughs> so Thank you so much for bringing this up. It's so great. <laughs> what do you? Say, I mean, what do you say to those guys? Because you have the CEOs that, and and maybe they think that the CEOs of these top companies that come in and fly in to see. You. We were talking about before the show. They fly to Vancouver from from. Uh, you know, the East coast of, of the United yep. States, you fly there, they're spending days, weeks with you spending, you're not, you're not cheap to hang out with, uh, you know, to work with. I, I mean, I don't know. We, I, I bought you drinks before, but not, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but what do you say to these guys that are in the small business and are thinking that this isn't worth their time? Uh, what do you say to them? So I want to, I want to, tell you this little story. I was working with, a, with a, a, a company actually in Vancouver who had introduced me to that client I just told you about who was in Philadelphia. 
And um, the CEO of the company in Vancouver was telling his team, oh, Dove and Renuka had just been out to Philly. They've worked with this uh, medical technology company. And, uh, and that he was on the phone with the CEO, and the CEO was um, talking to him about it. He flew out there, and he said the CEO was in tears talking about how it had moved him and how it had transformed the company, finding, their, finding his own purpose and, and, watch, and seeing the purpose of each of the individuals and building the purpose of the company. And so this CEO in Vancouver is telling his team this about the Philadelphia team. And as he's telling them that, one of the guys, the chief medical officer, who was, who was, who was actually a university professor, says, well, was Jonathan there? Now, Jonathan is the chief medical officer of the other company. And he says, oh, yeah, he was there. And he goes, and he did it? And I, and I said, oh, yeah. I said, can I tell you what Jonathan said? Because uh, I met him at another event in Chicago. And he said, yeah. He said, I was coming up behind him. He didn't know I was there. And he's talking to these people. And he says, this, this is after he's done the program. He says, this purpose stuff? He goes, I don't do that woo-woo shit. I'm a pilot. I'm a surgeon. I'm an inventor. Like, and he's a very high intellect guy. He goes, I don't do this woo-woo shit. It's a waste of time. I don't have time for this. And then he takes a pause. He doesn't know I'm behind him. He's talking to these people. He goes, and it transformed my life. In two days, he said, I said I don't have two days. I'm the guy is literally on a plane every other, every other day. Russia, Australia, the UK, wherever. He says, I don't have time for a couple of days. He goes, it transformed my life. It's transformed my relationship with my children, who are adults. It's transformed my, my relationship with my ex-wife. And it's transformed the way we do business. He goes, we just signed deals with Russia and Australia based on purpose. We've done four new hires. Each one of them we put through the purpose filter that Dov gave us. And they are out, the best hires we've ever had. The thing about it is, yes, you have to invest. And, and, and I, I will be honest with you, it's less than you would think. But you, you have to invest the finances. You have to invest the time. But I promise you, 10x of what you, what you invest is a gross understatement. Gross understatement. That company has gone up more than $100 million in less than a year. And they credit purpose work. That's an incredible story. So you charged them $10 million. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. That's what I said. It's fractional. That's amazing. Now I'm beginning to think maybe I should. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, by now, everyone's listening is probably excited. Just to give it, your website's fullmontyleadership.com. And if they want to get your products, it's slash product. But you... If you don't mind me sharing, there's a fullmindleadership.com slash gift um, that yeah. has a lot of things on there that they can have access to a lot of things that we're talking about right now. But you have an yeah. event coming up too, correct? Tell me a little bit about I that. Do. Okay. And before I do, what I want to tell you is if you go to uh, fullmontyleadership.com forward slash product, one of the things that I'm giving away on there is my last ebook, which is called One Red Thread. Okay, it's easy to easy to read, but it is got exercises in it. It'll give you a start in finding your purpose. So as a way for you to get started on this, and my course that you said is uh, explained is coming out. It's in a second pilot of it. So right now, 
it is we are literally giving it away compared to what it will actually sell at because it's going to be high touch. Uh, I'm going to be there guiding each of these and a maximum maximum 20 people. We're going to be guiding each of these people through to find their purpose. I, I will be there with you. I walk you through it. I will hold your hand all the way through. Um, and it's going to be available to you. So you can go to, if you go down to that, that product page, mm-hmm. go to products and then scroll to the bottom, it'll say courses. You can click on there. And when you click on the, the course, it'll show you that course that you can go to. This is a way for you as an individual to tap into your purpose that you're going to get to do over four Saturday mornings in, your, in the comfort of your own home, about an hour and a half each session. It's very powerful, very powerful. Uh, and if you all are listening, you just click on the show notes, click on that image. There'll be a link to it. If you're on the website, there's a link to it. So you don't even have to type anything out. Um, but that's <laughs> It's a great opportunity to work with you. I mean, you've done a lot. I mean, you've been doing this for 34 years. That's amazing. Um, it's you know, You didn't just read a book on this. read a couple read a couple (laughs) a couple so let's talk a little bit about your journey in this because you know obviously you did a lot where was that point where you realized this is what i want to do you know i'm I'm getting out of the beauty business i want to go help people find purpose and legacy um it always ran parallel to be honest iron um so i started studying uh really when I was a little kid. Um, at seven years old, my mother thought I was a weirdo. Uh, she thought I might be possessed, to be honest with you. And she sent me off to, to, to the rabbis and said, you know, there's something weird going on with my kids. And it, uh, my kid, and I was just having these experiences that were a little unusual. And so I began to study with them. They taught me how to meditate. They taught me those kinds of things. Um, at 11 years old, I began to teach myself prana yoga. Uh, my stepdad gave me a book on it. I started reading that. And at 21, I began traveling and studying with different teachers around the world, as we talked about before. I studied Vedanta, which is Hindu philosophy, Buddhism, the Tao, Gnostic Christianity, and Kabbalah, as I mentioned. And studying all those things while running businesses, while having my businesses, because it was a great way for me to study and have money. Uh, And while I was doing all that, I was incredibly frustrated with these great spiritual people I would meet who could tell me which way the chakra is spinning, but couldn't couldn't hold a relationship together, couldn't create a business, couldn't do any of those kinds of things. And I was like, something's missing here. So I started mm-hmm. studying the psychology of excellence, which today we call the study, uh, psychology of leadership. But I started studying the psychology of excellence. And then in 84, stumbled into quantum physics and started studying that. And then one day in 1984, I was having a conversation with a very good friend of mine who owned a national menswear company. And he said, I'd like you to come speak to my to my my national managers meeting and i'm like why now let's just go back for a minute and i'll just give you the picture here it's 1984 and if you go online and just pull up pictures of of the way people looked in 1984 it will give you a sense of what i looked like (laughs) (laughs) my hair was my hair was nipple length Right. And by that, I don't mean it was growing out of my nipples. I mean, the hair was right down to my chest. It was that old um, Howard Stern look, the Louis the 13th ringlet curls. That's what my hair's like. 
and it was massive. I mean, it was like a big fro thing because it's very curly. Um, I wore earrings that were big enough to swing parrots off. I'd been bodybuilding at that time for about six years. And when you're in your early 20s and you're a bodybuilder, it's very important that everybody knows. <laughs> what, I mean by, <laughs> what I mean by that is I wore shirts that were way too tight. I'm still a bodybuilder, but nobody knows that anymore. I cover it up. But in those days, I, I, took, I wore these tight T-shirts and ripped jeans and the designer stubble from Miami Vice and all that kind of thing. And he said, I want you to come speak to my, to my managers. But I, and I was like, well, for how long? And he goes, for an hour. I'm like, whoa, that's way too long. You know, it's freaking me out. Now that's a warm-up, of course. But he said, uh, I said, speak about what? And he goes, anything you want. And I go, these are your sales managers. What? I'm not a speaker. This, you know, I was terrified. And he goes, no, I want you to do it. I was like, okay. Okay. He goes, but I have one condition. I go, what's that? He goes, you must show up looking like this. And I go, Steve, you have a national menswear company. The reason I know you is because you make my suits. Because when I wasn't dressed the way I've just described, I would wear these beautiful suits. He goes, I don't want you to wear a suit. I go, well, can I put my hair in a ponytail? He goes, no, I want your hair out. I'm like, okay. Clearly, he was a lot brighter than me. <laughs> so as ordered, I show up on the day, put my head in the door along this long boardroom, 1980s. They all look like Gordon Gecko. They're uptight, you know, tight shirts, three-piece suits. You know, they got the whole bit ties on i put my head in the door and they give me what we like to call in britain the fuck off nod which is this <laughs> head to the side like I'm in the wrong <laughs> but i smile and stay there as instructed and then steve calls me up and says let's welcome our speaker and i walk up and you know like clunk jaws hit the desk and like oh you know and i said uh, the, again early 80s the the um the indigenous people of Australia, the Aboriginal people, are, you know, there's a lot of issues around racism. And so I said, put your hand up if you're a racist. Well, you can imagine how many people put their hand up. Zero, right? And I knew that that was going to happen. Now, by the way, I, I did not know what I was going to speak about, and I don't remember anything I did speak about <laughs> except for my opening. So nobody puts their hand up when I say you're racist. I said, put your hand up if you would judge somebody by the way they look, how much money they have, or any of those kinds of things. Nobody puts the hand up. And I said, you're a bunch of freaking liars. <laughs> Every single one of you judged me based on the way that I look. You decided how much money I have in my pocket. You decided how intelligent I was. And you decided whether I was a customer or not. But here's what you don't know. I am a customer. Steve and I are friends. And we met because you guys make my suits. And I would have walked into your store where you would have been. And you would have lost a lot of money and a good customer. Now, at that point, I figure I might shit the bed because I'm done, right? Because I've, I've probably been inappropriate and I don't know what, and I'm not a speaker. I look over at Steve, and he looks like his face has been cut open. He's so happy. Clearly, he was smarter <laughs> than me, exactly what to deliver. Now, if the story ended there, I would be a hero. But I wasn't. I was an idiot. Because, and I'll tell you why. And it's really aligned with the name of your company. Because... You know, uh, Steve was very happy. A couple of weeks went by. Steve came into the into my place of business, and he said to me, Alistair wants you to come speak to his people. Alistair owned a different uh, national uh, clothing company. I said, oh, great. That's fabulous. He goes, yeah, you did a great job. Why do you think that Steve thought I did a great job? It's because I was so authentic. Mm -hmm. So he comes back two weeks later and, and says, Alistair wants me to speak. So what do I do? I go and start researching speakers. 
I, and, you know, it's back in the 80s, so there's people like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and, you know, Jim Rowan and all those guys that I actually got to know over the years. But at that point, they're all wearing the uniform. The uniform is blue suit, white shirt, red tie. I figured, oh, i got to cut my hair off, blue suit, wet, <laughs> white shirt, red tie, and I cut my hair off. I showed up at the second gig and died a death. Why? Because I was completely inauthentic. And just to show you how dumb I can be, it only took me about five years to work that out. Nice guy, slow learner. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you worked it out because a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And I see that in marketing, too, where they're afraid of their purpose. They're afraid of their authenticity. And they keep doing the same thing everyone else is doing. So you've, you've, got it. you've obviously... That's why I love what you're doing with your work. It's because you're actually asking people to stop following what everybody else is doing. This is why, you know, working with, with Iron and, and his company is so important for you. It's because instead of going and finding some generic thing to do because everybody else is doing it and, quote, it's successful, Iron's asking you to come back and go, who are you? What is it that's unique about you? What is it that's authentic about you? Because that will always be a greater attraction. And that's why it's important. That's why authenticity is so important. Remember, I failed for five years because I traded off my authenticity. And here's the thing. We trade authenticity for approval. And when we do, we fail. Ooh, that's, a, that's a good quote. That might be my new T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, a double uh, <laughs> I'll put your name on it, <laughs> uh, and, and we'll send you two T-shirts, um, <laughs> and you can show off your muscles. Um, we'll make sure they're extra, you know, like extra tight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, where was that point then? that you flipped the switch and, and found your purpose and found your authenticity again. And how are you harnessing that now? In June, 1990. So remember I started in 84 by June, 1990, that career had transformed. I was now speak, I'd spoken in every city in um, most major cities of Australia, Canada, and a lot of the Northern U S and, uh, came back from a, a very busy tour. Um, I'd been doing TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, uh, lots of speaking gigs, but way in advance. Uh, was burned out and took four days off to go up to a place called Whistler, which some people may be familiar with, which is where the Winter Olympics were held in 2010. But this was June. It wasn't winter. It had been a very wet spring, but it was a gorgeous day. And went up there and uh, spent the morning by the lake sunbathing. In the afternoon, my buddy and I decided to go for a hike. And as I said... I was an adrenaline junkie. That was my drug of choice. And uh, we went to a place called Brandywine Falls, which is this gorgeous, majestic waterfall that falls over 200 feet. And uh, instead of doing the normal thing, which is standing on the top and looking at it, we found a trail, hiked down to the bottom, got to the bottom, and then I challenged my buddy, let's see if we can get behind the waterfall, which is tons and tons and tons of water that literally if you put your arm out, it would rip your arm off. And, and it, of course, it's June, so the spring water is there. It's really, you know, pounding. But we got behind there. And when I came out on the other side, I felt like I was Superman. I felt like, you know, I felt like I had a big S tattooed on my chest. There was nothing I could do. I was filled with adrenaline. I'm pumped. 
And so instead of hiking back, I said to my buddy again, let's challenge him. I said, let's hike. Uh, let's not hike back. Let's let's climb the face. Now, in case you don't know, free climbing is climbing without ropes or safety lines. But free, which is kind of a crazy sport to do, but free climbing without ropes and safety lines, without chalk, without the right clothes and soaking wet, that is just insane. And that's what we began to do. And at about 120 feet, I reached for a rock that dislodged a bigger rock that hit me in in the face, bam, and sent me hurtling down to the bottom at maximum velocity where my face landed on boulders, not on not on sand, not on gravel, not on grass, but on boulders, and my face was destroyed. Uh, Eleven reconstructive surgeries later, I can tell you all the gory details, they don't matter, um, but my life came to an end in the form that I knew it. I spent the next nine months uh, having multiple surgeries and in a very, very dark, depressed place, but nobody knew because I was a macho dick and nobody knew. I was so busy because remember I was a ghetto kid. I have to be tough. And I was a leader and I had the psychology. And, and if you'd have asked me the day before I fell, was I on purpose? I would have said yes. But that nine months when people say, how are you doing? I go, I'm great. I'm coming back. Meanwhile, my jaw is wired closed. By the way, that happened in June. In November, I went bungee jumping 140 feet with my jaw closed, wired closed. Complete nuts. So trying my best to not be depressed, trying, and I kept saying, I'm coming back. And then about nine months in, interesting gestation period, my buddies who'd always been inviting me out, I had always said no, I went out with them. And honestly, I was a miserable bugger. And I went out and I laughed. I had a great night, I had a fun time. And I thought, I can laugh again. This was great. And I came home and I was in a great mood. And I opened the door and I could see the light in the kitchen. And across the floor was festooned garbage. There was meat wrappers, there was coffee grinds, there was empty cans, there was there was cat litter. It was just a mess, and I knew exactly who the culprit was. And I went from being deliciously happy to enraged. And I ran through this house looking for the culprit, and there was the culprit curled up on my couch, all comfy. And I lifted my hand, and I just wanted to just smash. I will tell you, I'm enraged. But something in me stopped me, and instead of hitting the cat... I touched the cat, and the cat was cold. Mm. And I picked her up in my picked him up in my arms and I fell to my knees. And I started to weep. I didn't cry, I weeped. I mean, you know what like <gasps> about a cat I didn't like. And I realized while I was sobbing, this is not about the cat, that I was crying for the death of who I'd been. And at that point, I realized there were three paths in front of me. The path to come back, which evidently there was not possible. There is no going back. That's not how life works. It doesn't go back. It only moves forward. The second path was the most seductive path of all. And that path was to stay in this place of feeling like a victim, to feel like, you know, it's not my fault. I'm a victim of this circumstance. And I just got to accept that. And the third path, the third path was to find my purpose, that I had to find out why I was doing what I was doing in my life, why I was chasing adrenaline, why I was pursuing fame and fortune and wealth and all those things, which were all great. Don't get me wrong. I was enjoying them, but they were empty. And I'd secretly knew that even when I was at the top of my game, that sometimes I would lie in bed and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd go, 
why am I doing what I'm doing? What is this? And I, I always felt like there was something bigger, but I couldn't quite give up what I was doing. I was like, oh, yeah, I know there's something better, something bigger, but, you know, I'm really having a lot of success now. I can't get in the way of that. And I would always have a list of excuses. But in that moment, I knew I had to find my purpose. And that's where it all began. And from there, it be that was a complete redirection of my business. It was a complete redirection of who I served and how I served them. And that's how I found my purpose. And that's how I came to bring that work to other people back in 1990, so a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Way before why it was popular. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, now, I mean, fast forward, now you're running this business, and how do you stay, uh, not only on your purpose, but how do you stay at the top of the game? How do you stay motivated? How do you, and how are you utilizing all this to build your business? I mean, build a successful podcast, build your speaking. Right. Um. It's, it's the foundation of everything. My purpose is the foundation of everything. Everything I do is always put through the purpose filter. Is this aligned with my purpose? That's number one in everything I do. Is this aligned with my purpose? Uh, you and I met uh, because I had jumped on a plane to fly to Vegas to meet two people I'd never met. To meet two people I had met online, I, I'd interviewed both of them. Itzik, my friend from, from, from Amsterdam, and Tony G, uh, who both had been on my show, but I'd never met them. But I felt a connection with them, and I felt that there was an alignment of purpose. And, and they were both going to be in Vegas at the same time. I flew down, and I went, okay, I'm going to spend a couple of days down there. I'm going to get to know these guys. And I did. I checked my purpose. People go, well, wasn't that following your intuition? Yeah, kind of, but it was actually through the filter of my purpose. So I do that with everything. I have to check that in everything I'm doing. That's what builds the per that's what builds my company. That's what builds my podcast. That's what builds the eighty thousand plus lands on my uh, on my blog every month. That's what has us a uh, close to nine hundred thousand streams a month of the podcast. That's what makes this work. Is that it's the the filter of purpose. So you think, oh, if I go after purpose, I've got to put my business on hold. You might for a day or two, but I promise you, your business will explode afterwards because purpose is a magnet. It attracts and it repels. It attracts to you what you want and repels away from you what, what's not aligned. It makes your decision-making easier. It makes your relationships better, and it increases your business because there is an alignment in everything you do. Awesome. And it, but it's, it takes work, right? <laughs> what doesn't? I mean, everybody's looking for the fucking magic pill. Yep. Right? You know, I, I mean, I, one of the things I love about Gary Vaynerchuk is he talks about, you know, hustling. One of the things I dislike about Gary Vaynerchuk is he talks about hustling. And what I mean by that is I believe you've got to hustle. You, you know, this you gotta you gotta you gotta work your ass off. You gotta be committed. But if you're just hustling and you don't have a purpose, you're on the freaking treadmill. You've just changed. You've bought yourself a new job. You went from working for Charlie for twenty bucks an hour to working for yourself for eight bucks an hour, doing sixty hours a week. Yep. Now you know if if you want to hustle, enjoy. You get to brag about that. You get to put on Gary's uh, feed that you hustle sixty hours a week, eighty hours a week, hundred hours a week. Great. But if you're not purpose-driven, it doesn't matter. You'll be burned out, and you'll be upset and angry and full of resentment. 
So yeah, hustle, it is work. And sometimes that work is inner work. That's what you know you were talking about earlier, taking that time, doing that commitment. As I said, you know, men, most of my clients, my favorite clients are skeptics. Now, notice what I said, not negative, but skeptics. Healthy skeptic is, I, I'm not sure about this. I don't know about this. Prove it to me. Great. I can. I will. And it'll transform you. It'll transform your business. It'll transform everything. Oh, that's great. And Dove, so um, you've got an event coming up October 13th. Uh, best way to get uh, to get in touch with you and get a hold of this event is to go to your website, um, which, once again, we click on the show notes, and you can go to that. Um, it's fullmontyleadership.com. And then, and there's only a few spots left. And where where's the event? Yeah, there's only 20 people. The event is live. It's online. I'm going to be there with you online. So you can be wherever you are. You can be in Australia. You can be in Hawaii. You can be in Ohio. You can be in California. It doesn't matter where you are. We do it online. We meet online. It's four Saturday mornings in a row starting October 13th. But here's the thing I want you to know. Like, Let's just put that to the side for a moment. Here's the thing I want you to know. Iron's put this podcast together. He takes the time, and you probably don't realize this. I do because I've had a podcast for 10 years. There's a commitment. There's energy. There's time. There's effort. You know, We're talking about doing the work. Iron does that to bring you great guests. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to his show because he needs to know that he's putting in this time and energy and effort, and it actually matters because if you're passively doing this and think it's a great show but you never communicate that to him, why would he keep going? That's number one. Number two is he doesn't do this for his own entertainment, although I'm sure he gets a lot out of it, but he needs to know it makes a difference. So I want you to write to him and tell him what you got out of it. In fact, I want you to write to me and tell me what you got out of this episode. I'm crazy, I'm insane, <laughs> and I'm going to give you my personal email address. It's dovdov at D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. Dov at DovBaron.com. You write to me, CC Iron, let him know, and tell us what you got out of this show, and more importantly, what are you going to do about it? And on top of that, if I can help you, you can write to that email address. If you think, okay, I, you know, I need to do this, I've got to do this work, whatever it is, you decide you want to take your business, you want to take your game to the next level, write to me. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation and find out if I can work with you because I don't work with everybody. I pick my clients. And if we can work together and I can assist you, I will. I'm on the planet to serve. But you need to write to Aaron and tell him what you got out of this. You need to go to iTunes. You need to rate, review, and subscribe to this show. It's important. It matters. I promise you it matters. If you want him to stay on the air, you want to have him keep bringing you great guests, go do that. Wow. You're more passionate than I am. <laughs> no that's awesome thank you yeah yeah thank you uh, thank you very much for that and uh that's i mean it's a super generous offer to communicate directly with people i mean you're helping a ton of of amazing leaders do this so and and you've got this october 13th thing so let's talk i want to talk for a few minutes we got a few minutes left about your podcast how is how are you yep. utilizing your podcast the, the how are you you know, what are some of the unique ways that you're utilizing it to to reach your people, to grow your business, to serve more people? Um, I, 
The number one way is, as I said, is that everything goes through the filter of purpose. So I get asked all the time, can I be on your show? And to be honest with you, I haven't looked for a guest in over five years. Um, and people saying, where do you find great guests? I don't. They find me. Um, and we turn down more people than we say yes to. So that's part of it is people often have a podcast and they're like, any guest will do. Like, be, it's better for you to be a little bit picky and keep it aligned with the purpose of what it is you're doing. So that's number one. So, you know, and I have a variety. I mean, I've had Tony on there, you know, and Tony owns a company. For those of you who don't know who we're talking about, Tony Grebmeyer owns a company or is part of owner of a company called Ship Offers. And you go, well, why would a guy uh, with a leadership show that's about purpose-driven leadership have a guy on who does shipping? Because... Tony is purpose-driven, and we talk about his purpose, and we talk about what gets him out of bed in the morning. And so, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. I, I interviewed Kreskin yesterday, and some of you have no idea who Kreskin is because you're way too young, but there used to be a guy on TV called The Amazing Kreskin, mm -hmm. a TV show in the 70s. This guy's 80 years old. I interviewed him. You know, I interview all kinds of different people, but it's always got to come back to that filter of purpose. And that is my message on every single show. So if you get your message clear, and this is what you do with your video work, is you help your clients to get their message super clear. When they get their message super clear, that attracts the right people. So I'm not sending 50 messages. I'm sending one. Purpose-driven leadership. Here's somebody who's talking about it in a different way. Here's somebody who's going to help you move towards it in a different way. Whether it's Iron doing video, whether it's Tony doing shipping, whether it's Kreskin doing mentalism, whatever it is. So get your message clear so that everybody tuning in, oh, when they think of you, when they think of purpose, they think of Dove Baron. When they think of authentic video, they think of Iron Garlic. That's what you need. So it grows your business. It is a great um, magnifier of that. But my actual, the thing that started it 10 years ago is I'm a content machine and it drives me mad not to share. So I just want to serve. That's what drives me. So I just get up and serve. And that's what it, that's part of what it is. So I encourage, you know, I encourage you that if you've got a podcast, come at it from a place of serving but start with, well, what is what am I really doing? Not what are we trying to get? Then that's the mistake most people do. Not what am I trying to get? What am I trying to give? What am I trying to serve here? Whose lives do I want to touch? Because here's the thing about purpose, and I say this all the time to people. Your purpose is about touching the lives of people who may never know your name and whose name you may never know. It's about touching the lives of people whose name you may never know and who may never know your name. Many years ago, I delivered a, a, a three-day training for the, back when we had a public seminar company. At the end of it, people were gracious. They stood there and they waited and they said, thank you. It's wonderful. And a lady stood in front of me and she said, I want to thank you. My question, by the way, because I, like most human beings, have a plexiglass shield. When people give me a compliment, it bounces off. Mm -hmm. So to deal with that shield... I ask a question. So when people say thank you, and I live in Canada where people are very gracious, and so they say thank you, and my answer is, can I ask you specifically for what? Which makes people think, rather than being gracious, they actually have to tell the truth. So I said that to this lady, and she said, she took a pause, she was wonderful, she said, I want to thank you for my grandchildren. And she looked like she was maybe 40 years old. I said, you don't look old enough to be a grandma. 
She goes, I'm not. But that lady over there, that's my daughter. As you can see, she's pregnant. She goes, and she's going to have a kid. And she goes, what I learned here about my purpose, what my daughter's learned about her purpose, has transformed our relationship. And it will transform the relationship with me and my grandchildren. And at that point, I began to cry because I realized I would. That was the moment, by the way, that I realized I was on purpose. That was the moment. Even though I'd done all that work, that was the moment that it was like, okay, I am on purpose. Because it's about touching lives of people who may never know your name. I'm sure that kid has no idea who I am. And I don't know who they are. But it's about touching lives of people who will not know your name and whose name you will not know. Come from that place. That's purpose. That's service. When you come from that place, everything transforms. Oh, I, I think that's a great place to stop. That's an amazing story and super powerful. And uh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Love talking to you. And uh, it, you, I mean, such valuable information. If people aren't going to join you October 13th, is there what's the next place someone can find you, see you? Yeah, just go to fullmontyleadership.com. You can also find my podcast there. You can find my blog there. Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I've got over 500 videos on there. Uh, my blog, as I said, is on Full Monty Leadership. I'm on LinkedIn. If you're in business, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You know, uh, just Google D-O-V-V-A-R-O-N. And you will, <laughs> you will have way too many pages to go through. <laughs> and you also, also have an awesome Facebook, uh, private Facebook group, too. So I, I think I do. I guess. Yeah. So there, you, we'll put some links to some of this stuff out there. I highly recommend if you ever get a chance to, you know, obviously listen to the podcast, but if you ever get a chance to work with Dove, do it. I hear, I hear over and over how it's transforming people. Um, Dove, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Iron. It's been a pleasure and honor. Again, I encourage you to rate review and subscribe to the show. It's a great show with a great host. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to have been here to serve. And it's my pleasure to have you. And thank you all for taking Dove and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. If you haven't signed up already, make sure to sign up for the free training. It's free for limited time. The Level Up Video Marketing Training. Really take your business to the next level. Just go to authenticweb.media slash level up or click on the show notes and there will be a link right there. I look forward to seeing you in the training and look forward to seeing you level up your business. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 